Welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 55 for the 31st of August 2007. Hi, James. Hi, Ian. How's it going? It's going well for couch number 55. 55. And it's good to be in the same room as you. Indeed. In the same country and even in the same, same room. Same continent, same room. There we go. Fantastic. Fantastic. So what do we talk about on uh, on the Couch Podcast, Ian? Well, we're going to talk about all the broadcast and entertainment technology news happening in the UK, in the rest of the world, uh, stuff to do with content delivery, mobile, mobile TV, IPTV, games, and other stuff. Other funky stuff. Excellent. Um, it's been quite a busy kind of week, actually, I suppose. Lots of news, especially in the content world, I think, generally. Yes. Uh, which is quite interesting. I don't know quite why that is. Um, but let's uh, let's crack on. UK, as ever, a hotbed of competition and multimedia, super broadband, all these kinds of things. Um, Ofcom, which is the regulator in the UK, issues a sort of an annual report about the state of play of the nation. Uh, that's uh, haven't read it yet, but we'll maybe sort of digest and see what's flopped <laughs> out of that. But there, we also had the Edinburgh TV Festival uh, last that's week, right, and yeah. quite a few outspoken people mentioning that the the industry is in a kind of. I also heard some reference to uh, Sergey Brin from Google saying this mm-hmm. is kind of you know the iPod moment for um, for, for TV. Wow. It was an iPod moment for music, and this could be yeah. a game changer. And there's certainly sort of rustlings around about you know things yes. are changing, and no one's quite sure what's changing. Yes, I think Sergey's particular argument was that it's like um, when TV went from being predominantly a live broadcast medium yep. to the introduction of the uh, professional tape recorder meant they could record shows and then schedule them. So it's similar now right. we're going into a kind of now you can watch stuff online and it's just shaking things up doesn't necessarily mean people, people will change because at the end of the day we're all kind of cavemen <laughs> who just need our basic needs met and we need to be that's entertained right. so that's that's not going to change people don't change as fast as the technology I think right. that's, that's the key part of it all anyway um, what's news in the UK specifically well the Ofcom report uh, reckons that there's now 15.2 million UK households mm-hmm. as in 61% of homes have an internet connection compared with 54% in 2006, which I'm actually surprised that the numbers aren't higher than that. I mean, Is that a broadband internet connection? It's just, Who it dials just is, up anymore? Exactly. It's just an internet connection. In total, 84% of web-enabled households said they had a broadband connection. So there you go. So 84% of, of that, 61% have broadband, yeah. and the rest are there's still 15% of people still on dial-up. Yeah. Uh, but that's well, I mean, it's still quite an expensive sort of spend really I mean broadband is a significant amount of time and uh, yeah well I mean it's what 10 20 pounds a month uh, yeah something like that I mean 15 something like that I suppose plus you've mm. got to have a PC as well correct yep a bit tricky um, also I think a biggie for me as a Mac head is iTunes gets TV shows um, well, yeah. Well, but it's I mean, expensive TV shows. You've <laughs> actually bought one, right, with your video iPod. Yeah, so iTunes, are a big announcement. They've now got UK TV shows for download in the UK. So uh, it means you can, uh, there's 28 different shows you can download, of which I recognised about four. Right. So there's Lost, Desperate Housewives, as usual. Uh, there is Grey's Anatomy, of which I downloaded an episode. Uh-huh. Uh, South Park and a bunch of stuff from Nickelodeon and other but you can buy a random channels. box DVD set for less than you could download it from iTunes right? uh, the box DVD set equivalent of Grey's Anatomy was £32 on iTunes I don't know what it is in the stores but yeah, I'm sure. probably not that much cheaper actually it's still 
how much? It, so that's a, you buy it on iTunes, thirty-two pounds, and you get like twenty-four episodes, or presumably you, you could walk down the shops and buy the same thing. Buy the DVDs for probably less than thirty, probably in a higher resolution format. Definitely. <laughs> so it's a bit. Uh, well, I downloaded an episode just to see what it would be like, and yeah. you know the quality is great as you expect. And the Did you watch it on TV? Did you hook up your video iPod. I to actually uh, watched it on my iPod as I was running in the gym. Oh really? Uh, okay. Which was a good way of keeping entertained. Uh, and you know it's perfectly fine, but you know for one pound ninety eight, that's an expensive spend yeah, for yeah, one episode. It certainly is. Um, other stuff that's going on in the UK, and I guess we'll talk more about iTunes and content a bit later on. But uh, Tesco, which is uh, like the Walmart equivalent of those US listeners in the UK, and but apparently they even I think Walmart is something like nine percent of US retail spend, whereas in Tesco's is thirty plus. So that's Walmart Amazing, aspires to be the, yeah, the dominant position that Tesco is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they started or uh, offered very briefly uh, a free to wear digital terrestrial box for ten pounds, which is roughly about twenty bucks. Um, clearly a lost leader. I think prior to this sort of fire sale, it was thirty pounds. Right. Um, so you know, a, a eight-day EPG regular terrestrial box. Um, so that was a bit of a maybe a, a game changer, probably just to get a bit of a headline and get people into the store to spend lots of extra money. Still, it's quite amazing to be able to do that. For I mean, yeah. that's that's a rounding error, really. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I'll just pick up that's a got to be below receiver. cost. It has yeah, to be yeah, below absolutely. cost. Um, so there we go. That's such kind of an interesting note as we move towards switch off. Mm. I guess it's sept- well, September, October, was it in Whitehaven? It's that's pretty right. much next month. Yep. So yep. I guess people are looking for headline stuff there. Um, okay, moving on. International news. Um, Cable Labs, which is a kind of uh, industry body in the US, which is looking to set standards to try and give consumers more choice and standardize hardware, has uh, chosen a DRM scheme. What's all that about, Ian? Well, it's a way of uh, being able to move content around the home and still keep it secure enough that the uh, the movie houses and the other content owners are comfortable that it moves around and doesn't escape onto the internet and they've called it DTCP which stands for well, that's been around for a while on HDMI I think that's the, the security layer on HDMI so digital transmission, digital copy, transmission protection. copy protection that's right um, but they've basically extended it beyond HDMI I guess to put it over oh, okay so it's networks. the same standard is it but it's applied over IP well I guess it must be a similar one and I think that's a conglomerate of kind of the Intel's and mm-hmm. Toshiba's and Panasonic's and all these kinds of things I'm sure some of our DRM experts can give us the full Monty by sending us an email to feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Um, but that's kind of interesting they've chosen that. So they've uh, got to the point of uh, being able to create a scheme that allows you to move content around the home. I mean, do, do people really want to do this? Do they want to move content from their DVR box onto their iPod and so on? Well, I think people just want to use their, you know, the perception is you you buy it, you can do whatever you want with it. Mm. Um, I guess the reality is is somewhat different, and, and I think that's the usability is when you hit the the bit where you suddenly want to do something, and and your your TV says no. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you mean? That's, um, right. that's when it gets a bit tricky. So, interesting to see in practice if that works. Um, other news is uh, Directv, the I guess the largest satellite broadcaster in the world. I suppose uh, they've done a, a simulcast of the NFL. Uh, I think if you subscribe to the, I think they've got a package called the Sunday Ticket, is it? It's, mm-hmm. um, which gets you all of the NFL games. You can also watch it uh, on your Windows PC, I guess, again, most likely using Windows Media Player, yep. a simulcast via the internet. Um, so 
Yeah, but you've got to have, I think, the full Monty package to do that. Yeah, you've got to be paying a stack of cash to get that. But still, it does allow you to view the games anywhere you are based on being connected to the internet and as long as you have a Windows PC. So, I guess it's of another value-add package for them. It's like a... Yeah. Get a bit more by being a yeah, subscriber. Exactly. So. But interesting to see that they're actually doing streaming over the internet. Yeah, yeah. I guess Sky in the UK is doing that as well with Sky Anytime. Uh, not yeah. Anytime, what's it called? Sky. Yeah, no. Sky by Broadband. Sky by Broadband. It's a sk- Anytime by Broadband or something. They're trying to yeah. get that kind of Anytime banner over all these yeah. things. So this actually, in the UK, they, they launched a thing called Picnic, I heard. Picnic? Uh, which is, I guess, for people in rural areas like Country Bumpkin Me who can't get the, uh, the, the TV service. Uh huh. Uh, or can get the TV, but not the broadband. They're looking right. to launch some kind of package there, I guess through unbundlers going through. But too much UK news already. Um, so content delivery. I mentioned earlier on there's quite a lot of news in content delivery. Mm. Um, we talked, and we have talked a little bit about Silverlight. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Microsoft's answer to Flash, really, in terms of being able to yeah. deliver video content on the web well multi it's multi-device I mean version 1 is JavaScript only support mm-hmm. version 1.1 is coming along which will allegedly support C Sharp and Ruby right. and all the other kind of Microsoft friendly languages okay. but the idea being that you can then write applications and principally user interfaces which can then right. run on any device right although they're not really supporting Linux <laughs> uh, but there is a the Linux community is sort of rising to the challenge so they've got something called Moonlight which is mm-hmm. the one that runs on Linux um and I've seen some demos of this recently, and I think it, it's very much coming from the the coding angle. If you're you know, you're a developer right. and you want to make good user interfaces that run cross platform, uh-huh. up to now, I mean, you've had the kind of I guess the Java promise. Yes, but obviously Microsoft isn't in that. That's a Sun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to get developers to say like, you can make interfaces which are really cool and run on all devices. Mm. Um, the other side of this is Adobe Air, which is coming from the. Adobe Camp, previously we talked about before, called Apollo, which is, I th- in my mind, is coming from not the guys who write the code, but the guys who design. Ah, right, so and from they, the kind of uh, graphics and interaction yeah, side. coming from the graphics, but right. you can, through their workflow of Creative Studio, you can create stuff which will run on any device. Right. But that's kind of, you don't write code, the tools do the code for you. Right, I see. So you see what I mean? It's kind of different ends yeah, of the yeah, scale, yeah. but... In my mind, the creative guys are going to win. Because, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Maybe you know. Maybe are there more developers than creatives? Probably, I would guess. Yeah, definitely. But are there are there lots of creative developers from a, I guess from a graphical design <laughs> standpoint? You, I mean, it, it, in my mind, this is a bit like the kind of if you're on a firing range and you just shoot randomly down the range, yeah, some mm-hmm. will hit the target. So mm-hmm. maybe it's it's Microsoft trying to appeal to that. And I'm sure every developer thinks that they can create amazingly good user interfaces, but but actually they can't. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, but typically they're given like, this is the spec, here's the stuff, uh-huh. yep, here's yep, the yep. graphics, this yep, is what you need it. to do. I think um, this is very similar to the whole, I mean, Java promised, mm. you know, write once, run anywhere, and let's face it, it, it hasn't worked out that way. Well, I didn't have performance guidelines on it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But whereas Flash is everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's on phones, it's on every desktop in the world, it's, mm. you know, it's so... Uh, and then and again, you're right, that comes from the design side as opposed to Java, which definitely comes from the programming side. Yes, so, yeah. so I would agree with you that in the end, the, the creatives win. Yeah, I mean, well, but equally, maybe there'll be a few, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to start a, a sort of revolution. Maybe Silverlight will work, but mm-hmm. I think that's going to rely on a, a lot of sort of multi-talented developers who are also graphics yeah. designers, effectively, yep. and can push that through. Yep. Um, and and may, I guess graphic designers are getting more 
tech savvy. Um, and oh, and the other the other uh, interesting thing about uh, Silverlight we were actually specifically going to talk about here is is Tafiti, right? That's right. So Tafiti, which uh, <laughs> means to do research in Swahili. It seems to be the day of that strange <laughs> names, doesn't it? Uh, it's an experimental front end to Microsoft's live search engine. Uh, so it's really a, it's, it's trying to prove that uh, Silverlight can interact in a multimedia way, um, do Flash-like type things. Yeah. Essentially, it's a, it's a nice graphical interface to be able to see our search results. You can see them in a tree form. You can, uh, uh, basically, it's, it's a different view on Microsoft Live, correct. which I've so, never, never used, I guess, but I mean, I'm sure it's very good. No, and the results aren't of the search engine aren't particularly exciting, but the, the actual kind of graphic view of it all is, um, is yeah, quite And there's nice. others. I mean, Fox have got a kind of watch movie previews and stuff they've done this so there's a number right. of different apps which are using Silverlight there um, I always wonder you know, how do people come up with these names I mean <laughs> Tafiti is, is it well what's the criteria is it, is it a funky name or is it that it means something in another language or is it just the domains available I think that's probably the domains available <laughs> or is it all three you know this is a, a bizarre thing um, and I guess an interesting link here to the next story which is about Hulu which was the name for is it New Site or something that NBC and a news call were putting together, announced it a mm-hmm. while back. They've mm-hmm. come up with the name Hulu, which is also means apparently cease and desist in Swahili, <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> defeaty, which, as you said, means do ser- do research. So, um, but again, I guess Hulu was available. Absolutely, um, but it means it, Hulu is Hawaiian for feather or plumage. And plumage, not plumage. Plumage is a fruit. <laughs> is it? There you go. Plumage. It also, <laughs> means, it also means choice and precious. Well, I think cease and desist sounds better. I think cease and desist <laughs> is the one. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so Hulu, there's not much there at the moment. Um, the CEO has just put up a kind of placeholder and there's a mm-hmm. picture on the front page saying all this amazing stuff is coming to you soon, yep. including like Simpsons, My Name is Earl, The, the, the Office, office all sorts of stuff. So all I've uh, signed up for the beta, so as soon as they let yeah, us me too. Um, beat I'm, her up, we'll I'm on the list. do a review of Hulu. I did try and skim through the, uh, the terms and conditions and it didn't say anywhere that it's only for people in the US, but I'd imagine that's what it's, <laughs> it's going to say. Probably likely, yes. It'll be GOIP before so you can say... Uh, that's News Corp yeah. and NBC. Yep. Now, you were saying about NBC... Yeah, I just caught something before we, we went on air here, that NBC has um, allegedly decided not to renew its contract for iTunes. Right. Coincidence? I coincidence, think I think not, exactly. <laughs> that sounds kind of um, like something could happen there. It sounds exciting. Um Mm-hmm. I hope that um, works, oh, pre- and it works internationally. Uh, I presume but they're going to do normal sort of content delivery of these shows and normal but, uh, through some means, I guess. But I guess I guess it's to PC. Yeah. Um, uh, there was also another related site which I found out about called Didja D I D J A, which is apparently mm-hmm. does funny adverts or something. Whether that's whether that was just a contender, whether it's Hulu or Didja, you know, which right. way is it going to go? Um, Let's see what we have to sort of watch and learn there, see what happens. Mm. Um, maybe they'll be using peer to peer or who knows. You know, we shall Interesting. wait and see. Um, now, mobile. Mm. Stuff's been happening in mobile. Um, interesting uh, topic I picked up here is there was some talk about you know, penetration of mobile. And now, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the source, but there was a survey where people were asking, you know, what's your landline number? And a lot of people don't know what a landline is. Because they just really? don't have one. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I don't know what you mean. Because uh, everyone just has a mobile number. I have a that's phone number. True. What's your landline number? Well, I just have a, I just have one number. It's just my mobile. You know, that's yeah. It. Um, but I guess you know we've 
Uh, certainly my, my first mobile phone was like whew, super expensive don't phone on that always mm-hmm. you know, wait, I'm wait until after 6 o'clock when it's cheap guy myself <laughs> you know, but, but now it's like so ubiquitous yeah you just use it in fact um, my phone at home is plugged into a voice over IP service called Engine that runs in Australia so I effectively have an Australian phone number right. in the UK and don't have a UK phone number uh, you don't have a landline at all yeah. do you get DSL though or you get through so you have to have line, a, that's the bizarre thing you can't it. unbundle I know in mm. when I lived in Hong Kong you could unbundle you didn't have to have right. a landline you could just get DSL right well can't so, do that in the UK it, you know, you, I mean you have to have clearly the copper coming into your home but yes. you don't have to subscribe I mean it's line yes. rental yeah but you don't you don't have to use your phone that's right but you still end up paying what 10-15 pounds a month to BT for nothing yeah yeah the pleasure of having their copper in your house. Well, I mean, I guess they've they've put it in there, so there is some value there. So um, mobile, yeah. Um, this is something we talked about. I'm sure it's probably you know, episode thirty something about Nokia having another bash at the Engage platform. Yeah, it's been coming for a long, long time, um, and uh, but this they seem to not have a specific device. They're kind of building it into any old phone. They? Well, they're, they're they're a bit cagey about it, to be honest. They were showing it on. They were showing the the new service on a device that looked very much like an iPhone, strangely enough. Right. Uh, And then after the demonstration made great pains to say it wasn't about the device, it was about the operating system and the fact that uh, this was the new Engage platform and it could do music and games and all this sort of stuff and and the world was going to be a great place. But but by doing so, they've kind of diluted their message somewhat um, because, let's face it, Nokia is all about the physical phones. It's... Nokia's yes. never really been a. Well, they were trying know, to service stuff. They had, a, they had a deal going, I think, with Real as well to distribute the Real Player on the phone, and they were trying to set up a, a portal to get right. stuff in there. And they've launched a new portal, which which engages a part, as you say, uh-huh. called Ovi Ovi, which is Finnish for door. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> what it means in Swahili. And, and I, I was wondering, check. actually, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, you've you've obviously got a, you've got an Opera Mini browser on your phone. I've got one mm-hmm. as well. But you know, when you're entering stuff in, and yes. you've got multi-tap. Why doesn't someone you need to come up with an ideal mobile web portal, which is like the first letter of every key on your keypad, so you don't mm-hmm. have to like even Ovi. Ovi is the third letter on six. It's the <laughs> third letter on eight, uh, and it's the third letter on four. Why can't they just come up with something which is short, means jolly good in Finnish, <laughs> and just is three presses of the keys? You know what I mean? That's exactly right. Um, I guess www. That's okay, but you need to come up. I guess unfortunately. The only vowel is A, so you have to come up with something which is like TAD. <laughs> like that. TAD would work. T- yeah. Well, that should be the new criteria for selecting yeah. names. AJT. That would be easy. <laughs> um, anyway, so OV looks good. That, that's not just Engage. It's also music. They're aiming to rival iTunes, millions uh-huh. of songs, uh-huh. streaming or, or download uh-huh. to own, um, games, and also maps as well. Yeah, which I think in that point, you know, it, having a GPS phone is just such a great idea that if it's all inbuilt and you can use it at any point and you can find out where you are and where to go. It's one of the, the cool handy. things on the um, the iPhone was the map thing, but I mm. guess the iPhone doesn't, doesn't have GPS. Well, it doesn't it just know has, where it is, but I mean, 3G knows where it is. Okay. One of the big things about 3G was location-based services. Right. Okay. So they, a 3G phone knows where it is, but obviously there's no 3G iPhone yet. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, also, I guess uh, iPhone unlocking since we last talked, there's been a slew of iPhone unlocks. I've seen Indeed. some of the videos, both hardware-based unlocks, where some kid ripped open his iPhone and did some micro-soldering. and <laughs> um, did some stuff the there. There's some guys in Ireland who have published a sort of dodgy Nokia N95 video of 
unlocking purely through software. Um, so, and, oh, yeah. and there's a few others who claim to do it, but you know, the first people that phone them up are the lawyers from AT&T <laughs> saying, hold on here. Um, but I guess, I mean, this must have been predicted by Apple. I mean, well, the, who, I mean, who naively like would say months? my device is unhackable? That's right. I mean, they, they wouldn't, Apple would never have promised to AT&T that it wasn't hackable at all. Or yeah. And there are laws to prevent you, to stop you locking ah. phones in the US and in Europe. Stop you locking phones? Europe. You're not allowed. It's, it's illegal to not allow unlocking of phones in the US. Oh, right. So unlocking is specifically legal. Yes, as opposed but to I mean, whether... I mean, I guess you can go into an Apple store and you can buy an iPhone. Mm. You don't have to. Sub- you don't have to take out the subscription with AT and T. There, the sign up process is done through iTunes on AT and T. Oh right. I mean, you could okay. go and just sign up with an unlocker and with and just put in your normal SIM. Well, card. that's what you can so, do now. You can. Well, you can't do it yet because the software isn't out in the wild. Oh, okay. Um, but there's an, there's some people planning to do it commercially and others planning to do it for free. So are um, you going to get an iPhone now, James, in UK? I'd, I'd kind of like one but I think as I said I might work, wait till the Rev 3 or wait till the dust is settled I'm not, uh-huh. not in a rush I mean, you see I've just put a new body count on my current phone so uh, <laughs> I'm not in a great rush but I'll, you know, I'll wait and see maybe it'll be out for Christmas or whatever there's still no real clarity on who's got the deal in the UK for iPhone I thought it was O2 well but no you think if it was done and dusted they'd announce it ah uh. And this is another Apple gagging although thou shall not do anything Apple's got a big announcement uh, next week on the 5th mm. so We'll see what's uh, what they come out What's with. Rumors around rumors that whether that's a car or with a Volkswagen. There's all <laughs> sorts of things. Around there. Anyway, enough car. of my Apple fanboy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony uh, PlayStation Phone. Yeah. What's all that about? Well, uh, after having read this uh, article about a PlayStation Phone, um, I immediately became a little more skeptical of it. The idea that by Christmas, uh, Sony Ericsson will be releasing a phone that's a PlayStation phone under the PlayStation brand that uh, can do gaming stuff. Uh, well, you whack a UMD in the back. <laughs> UMD is Take the battery out first. Yeah, that's the right, yeah. And that'll be the, uh, <laughs> But uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not convinced on that one. Well, I guess if, if Nokia's reliving Engage and Sony Ericsson, it would be logical for them to leverage the PlayStation mm-hmm. environment. I don't know. I think Sony, Sony Ericsson do a great job. They're you know, a very focused company. They uh, work very hard on their user interfaces. They do a lot of usability testing, so they have you know one of the best user interfaces yeah. and ways of working a phone. Um, uh, it would seem I would think it would be quite uh, odd for them to sort of branch into games where that's not their key strength. Well, Sony Ericsson, but Sony is Sony absolutely, Sony. but it is a separate company. Me saying it now. Sony. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, interesting. I don't know whether. I mean, obviously, we've heard about British Telecom and, and uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. putting in a VoIP phone. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason, if you can plug in a GPS, there's no reason why you couldn't plug in a phone sidecar into it. That's true. Although, still, I don't believe the thing has a microphone on it. So, You know, it must have a Maybe. microphone. How do you do VoIP if you, and video calls if you... Well, the camera, you know, the, oh, the, the, camera, the, the camera thing, which mm. you still can't get. I mean, not of a, I t- told you last week I was trying to get it in, um, in the US. Anyway, so interesting to see what happens. Um... Nokia also came out, I guess, with this new N81 phone. Mm-hmm. So whether that's to... It's an 8 gigabyte N-Gage phone. So you um, can put music games on it? It looks okay, doesn't it? I mean, looks quite nice. It's like a sli- your average sliding phone, but I guess you flip it over, do you? And, and it becomes a gaming device. Must do. Um, I've seen some quite interesting iPhone stuff where people have um, run NES, uh, NES emulators, Nintendo 
emulators on the iPhone. Yeah, so you actually run Nintendo kids, games. But they've put, um, <laughs> because there's no tactile feedback for the mm-hmm. buttons, they've just um, sort of stuck a bit of sticky vinyl over the top. Well, not right. stuck. You know the stuff like things that goes on your car windscreen, it just yeah, sticks yeah. by, um, mm-hmm. I guess, surface tension or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually cutting, ha- having a, a complete sheet, but cutting out the holes where the buttons are so you can feel where the oh, buttons are. right. <laughs> so, uh, and then sticking that on the screen, right. which is a bit wild. Um, that's quite interesting. Um, so I guess sort of segueing into, and I guess IPTV, not really kind of much news. Maybe the iTunes not thing is IPTV, news. I don't know. Well, it is. It's TV um, over IP downloads. Yeah. And I there guess. was I, another uh, press announcement about how China is approaching the one million IPTV mark, which is the largest deployments in the world. It's all Hong Kong with PCCW. <laughs> it's like 768,000, um, right. which is the triple play by the incumbent telco there. Look, I um, think IPTV is very exciting and you know, it's going to open up amazing possibilities, it's but just it's TV. so small. It's just TV. Yep, it's just TV and over a different medium. Yeah. And the deployments so far are so small that uh, compared with satellite, cable... Yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is ideal because of the topography. Everyone lives in yeah. high-rise buildings. They've got Very all digital phone network, yep. brand new copper cables pretty much everywhere. They can get the content in there. And also, to be fair, there's also not much choice, so they don't have to do a great <laughs> deal other than just broadcast TV. Right. Um, so you know, I think it's, that's a, it's the market which kind of decides the solution. Mm. Um and there's a few other, I think Heilongjiang, Shanghai, and mm-hmm. some other place I can't remember. But um, yeah, it's all hype at the moment. Yes, but IPTV, it's a valid delivery medium where it makes sense, and the competition Absolutely. makes it makes it. And the telcos have got the cash. So moving on, games, a little bit of gaming there, mobile. But um, mm-hmm. I uh, found an interesting sort of widget. Have you got any widgets? Do you? I mean, a lot of people have on the desktop now widgets, right? I've got them on my Mac. Which is like I think it's a Mac-y in. thing more than a and well, a Vista thing, but not yeah, a, a Vista thing. I'm I still guess. back in the XP days. So. Yeah, you're holding out for Vista, then are you? It I'm works. just holding out. <laughs> um, but there's um, the gadgets and widgets typically are extensible, so anyone can. There's a framework. Right. Typically, it's kind of a JavaScript, HTML mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but I guess that's where. Adobe Air and um, Silverlight right. sort of focus on kind of widgety type applications which can just run natively mm-hmm. rather than through a, a, a framework which is um, dependent upon specific hardware. Right. Um, so I had a look at, there's quite a few on the web people who do widgets and um, one which was sort of game related was one called MapWii. MapWii. <laughs> which is, uh, the Wii doesn't really use the online player at all it's not like Xbox 360 where you've got Microsoft Live mm, or the PlayStation mm. well soon to be home or whatever like that mm-hmm. um, but the problem I mean I know I remember when we got our Wii's we tried to sort of work out how to send our Wii's or Mii's which are the little avatars you create mm-hmm. which Back make it forth. more engaging to each other Yeah, but you have to enter in this 16 digit Wii number which isn't that easy to find exactly and isn't that easy and you to, both have to do it otherwise yeah. nothing happens until you both do it and exactly then so this yes. this widget at Map Wii enables you. It's a, basically a a mashup with Wii numbers and Google. So you can see on a Google map with these little push pins that appear. You can right. see where are the other people who have registered. Oh, right. their so you can see where they are. So you can see where they are, and you can see people if you want to who are near you or far away. <laughs> you look at it, and, and you can say, "I'd like to swap." You register your oh, Wii number, right, and it automatically does this right. kind of handover of right. Wii numbers. Neat. So you can um, see where other people and what games they've got, right? And you can play with them because otherwise, you know, I think that's quite. A, a useful I think there's a couple of games where you can actually play online, yeah, um, but not very many. <laughs> I think it's the Mario Football 
Grind, is that the one? That's, that's, that's yeah. one of them. Um, and a, a lot of them are there. But I think it's kind of, that's a useful game matching thing. It's the kind of thing that you mm. think, why doesn't why isn't that just included anyway? Exactly, it's a bit strange. Because um, they've it? got the weather thing on the Wii. Yeah, yeah. You can Absolutely. swing the old world around and stuff yep. like that. So, And uh, cool. the UK has now sold their millionth Wii. Wow. That's the fastest selling console yeah. ever in the UK. I did a bit of four-player Wii action at the weekend, actually. <laughs> How was, my, it, was that with tennis? Uh, four-year-old son was like whacking his hands. <laughs> Two and a half-year-old wasn't quite getting it, but, right? Uh, and it's quite difficult. And if you have, because it takes a bit of a while to set up your own me. So if you don't do that, yes. everyone just plays four-player with random me's, and it's actually quite difficult to work out who's who, right? Yeah. Because they're all just little things waving their arms <laughs> around. Like and you. especially when you've got a two and a half year old sort of waving their arms or anything. Who's actually playing? <laughs> yeah. Tricky to see. Um, but yeah, we did bowling, tennis, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good fun. I had my uh, my brother and his wife and uh, my nephew, who's right. two, right. over a few weeks ago. And we had some wee time doing uh, boxing and so on. And uh, It ties out the kids. It does, absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> the adults. <laughs> Uh, it's I quite fill it for days yeah. afterwards. But we also tried to do a bit of um, friends who came over. They had lots of photos that they're from the holiday, uh-huh. and quite why they thought we want to see them, I don't know. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, they were they were okay. Um, and you thought, oh, this. So it's like, you know, how do we get? Them? And then they had um, my friend uh, Tracy shared this amazing, super, super top of the range IBM laptop with right. the um, you know swivel the screen around, turns into a tablet, oh, nice. right on it, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she so she had all the photos on there. I said, okay, you know, let's how can we watch them on the big projector screen uh-huh. thing and it was like well, the we, I said oh let's try um, see if you've got a UPnP media server in your laptop and uh-huh. I'll just discover uh-huh. them from the PlayStation 3 <laughs> did it work did it no nothing <laughs> um, so next one was okay let's try and uh, we, then we looked for some compatible media to get them across because we tried yeah. joining the same network and that was fine but then eventually we went for SD card because uh-huh. she had an SD card right and PlayStation Fantastic. 3 if you lift up, lift up the cover it's got oh, memory it stick SD, SD compact oh, right. flash it's got all sorts of things right. in the front and then you can do the um, the slideshows mm-hmm. you know, and you can either do and it's actually the slideshows aren't that good because the modes aren't very intuitive right. it's either full screen Pan and scan quite slow, and you can't mm. do frame advance, or it's this funny kind of floating <laughs> photo book thing, which is a bit weird. Um, but eventually, we just found out, and you can just shed like 300 photos, and you can just hit fast forward and go <laughs> through the lot. Yeah, very, very quick. But it was again, it's a typical problem that I think you have in the home is you want to just, I just want to watch the photos on, on yeah, here. How do easy. I do it? And yeah. if we weren't geeks, we wouldn't have been able to <laughs> suss it out. It would have been, let's gather around the screen and have a look at it here. Yeah. Um, so that's a if she'd had a Mac it would have been no problem uh, because it would have been let's bang it up on the Apple TV yeah that's and, true you know, actually, it would yeah, have just found worked. them and we yeah. would have done it you know uh, if she'd put but then I guess uh, there isn't an iPhoto for Windows so you can't do it no but uh, um, maybe it'll come who knows um, anyway that's kind of I haven't bought any gadgets I've just have you bought any gadgets no I've been really lacking in gadgets yeah I need to uh, need to get ready for Christmas I think you know we'll save up for iPhones and uh, hope, pray for unlocking <laughs> or whatever and we've got uh, IBC coming up next week yep we'll both be uh, off there which is the International Broadcast Convention in Amsterdam yep and we'll be seeing what's happening in the world of broadcast yeah. and television we should try and find a darkened room or a, or, a, <laughs> or a less noisy room or maybe we can do live from the show floor see what happens see, what see, what happens. see how there's always a bit of Absolutely. funky stuff there there is some crazy stuff so that'll be interesting to see and so if you uh if you've got any feedback for us, please do send us a note. Uh, whether we've been talking a lot of rubbish, uh, you can clarify any <laughs> of the points we've made. Do send us feedback to feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. 
Fantastic. We'd love to hear from you. And look forward to uh, episode 56, which will be live from Amsterdam. Indeed. All right. Have a great week, James. Cheers. Bye, Ian. Bye.